Now's a moment where we take each week to come before God, place ourselves open and waiting to hear what God might say through the book that we love. So as we do this, I first want to offer a prayer for illumination. Let me to pray. Lord our God, your spirit is the one giver of life and binder of all good things. And so you gather us and unite us together, even though we're in different spaces today. And it's your Holy Spirit that inspires your people and illumines our minds and our hearts to know your will. So I pray for this moment here where we gather to hear your word, that we might have a stillness and a peace within us that only your spirit can create so that we can hear your voice speaking to us about our Savior, about the one whom our hearts are inclined to love and leap after, Jesus Christ. And I pray for anyone who's showing up this moment frazzled by life's events or not feeling that they can approach you. I pray that you provide them a special anointing of your grace and comfort at this moment so that maybe they can hear something from you that they haven't heard before or are struggling to hear. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The passage that I chose for today is from the Gospel of Mark. We've been traveling through Mark for uh, since, since Christmas, actually. And right now in Lent, we've been following Jesus along. And I wanted to go back in the story in order to hear a moment from Jesus' ministry that might be important for us to hear today. Jesus has been traveling around, going throughout the countryside, healing people, providing miracles, feeding thousands of people. And in this moment, he returns from a faraway land. And pay attention to what happens. This is from Mark 6, verses 53 to 56. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of at Gareth, Geneset, even pastors do it, uh, Geneseret, and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to whatever they heard, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went into villages or cities, or farms. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. seems like everything has changed so quickly. Speaking from my own experience, we went uh, from last Friday anticipating a full in-person worship service in our sanctuary to canceling it on Saturday morning and then just me standing in an empty sanctuary on Sunday morning providing a message. And the same thing happened again this week. If you look at the bulletin, which is in the description box, um, 
on this video. I was expecting to be here with eight other people to play music with our music director, Jean, and her grandson, Matt. To stand here and have this service more of a prayer service where there isn't this huge message, but we just surround this moment of our life with prayer, bathed in prayer, having Jerry Oliver lead us and Karen Mesercola and Lucas and myself. I was really excited for this live stream thing to come on board and have tech people like Clinton Smith or Mark Watson or Ashley Peretta help that. It was gonna be a wonderful experience. But the coronavirus, COVID-19. It all changed Friday when the governor made his decision to put the state on pause, effectively canceling all in-person gatherings and only allowing for essential workers to go to their places of work. And it made me really, really sad to call everybody or to text everybody and let them know that it would just be me once again in an empty sanctuary providing a message. And I wanted to name that sadness to you because of the isolation that's happening in my life and yours and this world. There are so many horrible things about this disease that's going on, but physically cutting us off from one another is one of the most insidious things that's happening. On another note, if I step away from work for a second and I notice what's going on in me, I notice the strong fear that's coming up, persisting amidst everyday challenges. And this situation kind of reminds me of when I was a kid in Michigan. And I'd be watching the Weather Channel with my family while some well-manicured guy talks about the storms and tornadoes that were about to come through. And I didn't make sense of this, and I didn't really understand it, because it was like blue skies and really wonderful outside. Everything seemed so distant on TV, what this guy was describing. But I would watch as the, the sunny skies and beautiful day turned dark and gray. And my gut would churn with a very real sense of danger as the hail would fall. And my fear would seize up in my throat as the trees began their horrible sway. And my family would take cover in our basement. A couple of weeks ago, COVID-19 seemed so distant. Just something to read about in the news or listen to on podcasts. But this has rolled in like a storm engulfing us. And my gut wrenches with a very real sense of danger every time health departments come on or, or the governor makes a statement about greater restrictions. And I take cover in my home, which now kind of feels like a fallout shelter. I don't know about you. And as I do so, I'm seized with worry about how long this will last or what will happen if there are even greater restrictions on travel. I worry about there being enough food for myself and, and for others. And I wonder when I go to the grocery store if I, sh if I should take the two bags of rice or if I should leave one for another person who also might need it. I cough or sneeze and worry that I'm getting sick. And then my mind is drawn to the fear that must grip people who have gone through chemo or who have heart conditions or immune deficiencies or who are around 70 years of age. The most frightening of us. 
I worry about our healthcare system, filled with so many amazing people, but which is a system that's foundations are buckling under stress. I'm worried about the financial projections, about job loss and unemployment and industry bailouts. Because behind those things are people's lives, numbers of people in our community, or maybe you, who worries about an eviction notice or how to feed children or how to pay for necessary medications. From the many conversations I've had with people, I'm not alone in the sadness and the fear and needing that story about Jesus moving through towns. I want to reiterate some very real practical advice that I gave last week and that I want to give again. That it's okay to invest in self-care right now and it's really, really important to do so. But make sure that you stay grounded and connected to people who can speak words of care and comfort and encouragement and perspective amidst everything. Reach out to counselors who might be doing sessions online or video conferencing or by call. Remember and invest in the things that ground you like exercise and music and baking or maybe watching all of the, the Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars movies. You can even make a challenge, try to do it all in one day. Okay, don't do that, your eyes would fall out. <laughs> also, if you are in need of financial assistance, you know, reach out to us in the church, reach out to local organizations that might be able to provide support for you in this time. I also like what Tom Wilder said when we were talking a little bit yesterday. He shared this broad encouragement. He said, um, every now and again, maybe it'd be good for people to, when they feel anxious, Turn off the TV and take a moment to find what gives you peace. Live there for a moment and then carry it with you as you move throughout the day. I also want to commend to you a dive into the book of Psalms. Psalms, which you can find by literally holding up your Bible and allowing it to fall to the center, you'll find the Psalms. The book of Psalms is a songbook and the prayer book of God's people from many ages ago. People who faced war and famine and disease and the full gamut of human emotions that you and me are encountering right here. There are songs and poems reflecting on their real historic experience of life and wondering how God was showing up in I want to share with you Psalm 6, which is a psalm of lament, and maybe it gives expression to what you're experiencing right now. O Lord, be gracious to me, for I am languishing. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are shaking with terror. My soul also is struck with terror, while you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, save my life. Deliver me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who can give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eyes waste away because of grief, and they grow weak because of all my foes. 
Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies should be ashamed and struck with terror. They shall be turned back and put to shame. Can you sense that sadness in there? Every night my bed floods with tears. The desperation. My soul is struck with terror while you, O oh Lord, how long? The writer is so scattered, brain, because of grief and disruption in life that, that cannot even finish the sentence. You sense the worry. Turn and save me, for in death there is no remembrance of you. The worry, the worry in this of being completely cut off. The greatest fear is to be cut off from and therefore not remembered by God, either in death or the daily deaths that we might experience. And maybe those things strike a chord with you. The sorrow, the grief, being cut off from God or from people. Not remembered. You know, remembering was was and is such a powerful thing in the life of God's people, Israel. The Jewish people were, sorry, the Jewish people were once a group of disenfranchised slaves whom God rescued and gave a future filled with hope. The story that I am recalling is the story of Passover in Exodus, and you might take a look at this sometime. God instructed them to remember and live the story every single year with feasts and festivals. And in remembering that faithful night when God acted swiftly and powerfully and redemptively, in remembering that, they were connected to God who is from everlasting to everlasting. They were connected to God. Yet, it was also a way for them to connect with their ancestors, for them to connect to one another presently, and for them to be able to connect to their, to their sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters to come. The act of remembering still carries and guides the Jewish people to today to connect to God and to their own people. A quote that is fixed over the exit at the Yad Vashem World Holocaust Remembrance Center says this, forgetfulness leads to exile, while remembrance is the secret of redemption. It was important for the community of God's people to remember God's past action. And it also shows up in the individual lives of God's people as well. Take Psalm 116, for example. And this just might be the answer to Psalm 6. I love the Lord, because the Lord has heard my voice and my supplications. The Lord has inclined his ear to me, and therefore I will call on him as long as I live. Because the snares and death encompass me, the pangs of Sheol laid their hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish, but I called on the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I pray, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. 
When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. So what shall I return to the Lord for all the bounty that he has given me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Return, O soul, to your rest. The psalmist's soul is no longer anxious or grieving or lowly, but at ease because of what God has done and the remembrance of God's goodness. And this remembrance of God's care not only quiets the soul, but directs the path. It leads this woman or this man out into joyful service. In remembrance is the secret of redemption. I want to invite you to remembrance today. First, remembrance of the scripture story that we read earlier that got me choked up. The very real concrete moment of Jesus' ministry where he walked through those towns healing people, anyone that were seeking him. As Christians, we believe that the story of Jesus is a story of God coming to be with us and like us in every way. And so Jesus' ministry is a story of God saying, I remember you. In the same way God remembered the Israelites and brought them out of Egypt, so Jesus comes walking through the towns and villages to show the people God remembers them and will bring them through the troubles that they are in. You are remembered. You are remembered by Jesus who comes close to your needs, your sadness, your anxiety, your real struggles, and does not look away but continues to move toward you in unfailing, unflinching love. And as much as it's true for me, for us, and for this world that God loves so deeply, you are remembered by a God who went to be cut off from the land of the living through the act of the cross, through the act of his death, so that you might have confidence in moments like these that God will never leave you exiled in the troubles of your life but remembers you and loves you and will never let go. And God continues to prove that love and that connection because of the powerful spirit that has been sent by Jesus to connect us and to guide this world. The psalmist in Psalm 139 says, we cannot flee or hide from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is ever with us, ever nudging us to remember that we are children of the Most High and friends of a mighty Savior. I believe this remembrance of God, remembering and caring for you, draws you into the very important practice of remembering how God showed up in your own story, your particular past, and saw you through. And yes, this pandemic is something that we haven't faced before. It is new territory. But that doesn't mean the fingerprints of God's redemption in your past can't help you see God's hand leading you into the future. In our remembrance is a secret to salvation. I hope this remembrance of God's love and care and commitment 
to you and to us and to this world brings peace. And maybe for some that doesn't right now, and that's okay. But whether you are anxious or at ease, I want to invite you into something. I want to invite you to take up the role of being a servant, like Jesus did walking through that town. The role and care of service and mercy for others. And when we move close to the heart of God and what God is up to in the world, we cannot remain unchanged. Yes, I've been anxious over the past week and sad, but I've also been so encouraged as well by people walking around outside, parents taking bike rides and walks with their kids, neighborhoods coming to life, enamored with stories of people going door to door, speaking through glass screen doors, asking people if they have needs and what they can do to help. I've been encouraged by elderly people who cannot leave homes but are still making calls and calls and calls to care for people and encourage them. I'm encouraged by the workers at grocery stores who are on the front lines risking infection every day, just like our healthcare, healthcare workers, so that people can eat or get supplies. I'm excited to see people becoming servants of one another in incredible ways. So yes, I get worried and sad, and I, I think there's good reason for that, and we're not crazy for feeling those things. But I also want to usher your thoughts and reflections on those encouraging things, and also on what we can remember and what we can see. And remember that God is near to us, guiding this world with compassion and care, and that God is the one true ruler that evil cannot overthrow. We can remember the fingerprints of God in our own story. We can see that there is much good happening all around you. As Psalm 27 says, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We are seeing the goodness of God all around us every day from people who do and don't believe in Jesus. There is so much good happening right now, and that's reason to rejoice. See to it that you join in how you're able to and that you're creative in how you care. We will get through this, and I think on that day we will all taste a bit of what heaven is like. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.